set our equip equipment cases down and of course right on cue the closet door creaked open all by itself and then the room was filled with cold energy hey everybody and welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas thank you all for joining us and special thank you goes out to all of you who continue to support the podcast and continue to spread the word always remember if any of you out there have experiences of your own that you'd like to share feel free to email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com again paranormalportalradio at gmail.com and you too could be a guest on the show Today, folks, we've got an epic show. This is a gentleman that I've come to meet recently, and I interviewed him already once before, just a little bit, but we're going to get into the the real undercarriage of the deal here tonight. We're going to talk to Charles Howard Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, who is a paranormal encrypted researcher right in my neck of the woods. So this is going to be great, folks. Buckle in, get ready, because it's about to get epic. Welcome to the show, Charles. Thanks for coming on, man. Well, thank you for having, having me. I appreciate the opportunity yeah me too brother i appreciate the opportunity to having you on here i mean you know it, it's always a distinct honor for me to talk to people that are in the field people that have experiences and i and i can't tell I, one thing i can tell you for sure doing these shows i learn so much from every guest that i have on you know well i i'm the same way when i hear a, a guest on a show or read a book or a, a tv show I, you do you you learn things and it's really uh, interesting to talk to just everyday people that have these experiences. Mm. Yeah. Amen. I, I perfectly agree with that. And, you know, I know you and I covered this on the last time we talked, but if you wouldn't mind covering it again, because, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners on the podcast here are not going to be familiar with you, but tell us, how did you get started and where did this journey begin for you? Well, I have to, uh, blame mostly my public library and the, the, <laughs> the TV shows like in search of and unsolved mysteries and X files and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh, like I said before, one thirty-three point, whatever on the Dewey decimal system was my section. That was the mysterious <laughs> occult section. Yeah. And, and, and it's so funny because now to this time you mentioned the X files and that was a huge show for me too. It's like you're, you and I have a very similar origin story in all of this. You're right. We do. We share that, uh, a great common thread. Yeah, absolutely. We do. So, so you were one of those people just like me as a younger guy going into the library and just getting lost in the books, huh? Exactly. I, and I would check out, the uh, same books over and over. I remember time life series on the, uh, paranormals or mysteries and, sure. uh, just that made a profound, uh, impact on my life just imagining the things about bigfoot and ufos and mm-hmm. uh lost treasures and psychic abilities and all that good stuff yeah it was it was always a, a major pursuit of mine too and, and you and i also share the the uh pre-internet 
learning experiences and that and that and we we were very limited on what uh what we did have access to but it's it's so funny that we have that same thread right. commonality but you know nowadays you just google whatever you're interested in and then you know in seconds you have the world of knowledge at your fingertips it's crazy yeah, definitely different <laughs> times yeah, it is. But I, I do like that part of technology a lot. I love the fact that we have yeah. all of the answers or at least uh, ideas at our fingertip. That's really cool. There was, there's no worse feeling than when you went to the library and your book was gone. Somebody had checked it out. How dare them? <laughs> you know, that's a good point. That you, you can't. Nobody can take your web page, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a good point. So how did you go from uh, 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 an enthusiast a researcher, possibly enthusiast, whatever you want to uh, title yourself as, as when you started. But how did you get from there to researching? Well, it, it took a while from uh, going from uh, academic researcher uh, to actually getting out there. I don't know if I was a little scared of what to expect mm-hmm. uh, or, or what it was. But I remember the very – the one – uh, the first graveyard I really remember was back in Kentucky where I'm from. And it was, uh, a old slave graveyard. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but just that, mm. that idea of being in a graveyard at night has really stuck with me. So I wish I'd had that opportunity, uh, again, cause I know so much more now. Sure. And the- uh, I regret there were so many places in Kentucky that I could have investigated, but I didn't have the tools or the knowledge. And I remember I used to live with my grandmother and we tiny little town. Uh, last time I went to visit, they had taken out the stoplight and um, <laughs> right across from her house is a, was an old church. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that it was a Civil War hospital back in the day. So oh, wow. I'm sure... I'm sure that would have been an epic place. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, there does seem to be a real common thread with uh, prisons, hospitals, and, and places like that where right. there seems to be just an abundance of that psychic energy and imprints. And, and I, Some, go ahead. Something of emotion, whether happy or mm. uh, pain or sadness or. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. So, um, what, so you did some investigating uh, at first, really didn't know what you were doing, but right. did you have experiences right off the start, or, or what was your experience as an investigator? You know, I, I didn't there in Kentucky, unfortunately, that I can remember. It wasn't until I got here to Spokane, Washington, that I really, really got serious about it and uh, started getting some simple equipment and uh, really started going out into the field and doing some boot work. Yeah, that's that's where the rubber hits the ground right there, huh? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you can read all day long, and that's good. That's important. But until you get out there and have personal experiences that nobody else can have or explain to you, that's that's where you you start learning. Yeah. I have this this uh, this friend, and then she she's been on the show a few times. Uh, her name is Shell Dion, and she talks about working with people about you know how to handle that. What does she call it? An adrenalized state, and I think that that is that is so accurate and so perfect way to you know encapsulate what is the difference between academically being interested in being and then being confronted by it, and how is that so so much of a different world and. Uh, oh. 
totally agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Working through that, that terror that, you know, it's a natural thing to be afraid or to feel that fear when you're confronted by something that's, you know, by all yeah. measures and, and uh, standard logic who says, well, it shouldn't be there. Right. Exactly. And, uh, you can, again, you can read about it all day long, but when you come across something that you don't have it experienced before and you know, in your heart shouldn't happen and it does, then that kind of rocks your world a, a little bit. Yeah. It's, it changes the whole paradigm, doesn't it? It, it sure does. Wow. So what was, what was your first profound experience then when you had to confront this? So we, uh, I was part of, a my, uh, a, uh, paranormal team, my first, uh, uh, team. I wasn't a, a leader, but I was a member and we'd had this, uh, couple in this apartment. They said they had some activity going on and, uh, they invited us over and I, I didn't really know what to expect. Of course, I'd seen it on TV and I read about it, but, um, so they, they lived in an apartment, uh, a pretty historical area and they, uh, they agreed to, uh, leave and let us do our thing, which is pretty cool. I mean, inviting somebody into your home and leaving, that's pretty, uh, pretty cool. So, uh, but right before they left, they said, make sure you watch the closet door. Something opens the door. Oh, wow. Well, well, to my, uh, to myself, I was saying, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, I'd never experienced anything like this before, and you hear all kinds of claims. So I thought, yeah, whatever. So they they left, and uh, we shut shut the door and set our equip equipment cases down, and of course, right on cue, the closet door creaked open all by itself. And then the room was filled with cold energy and the hair stood up on, on the end. And I will never forget that feeling. Wow. And, uh, the joke is why couldn't the spirits have waited at least until we got our equipment out? <laughs> um, I mean, they, they do have impeccable timing, Yeah. <laughs> but we, we tried, we shut the door and tried to walk up and down the hallway, trying to make sure it hadn't been our weight distribution or a uh, slanted floor or something that would cause the door to open. And we, we never did recreate it. So that was a, a pretty profound moment in my life. Wow. So there, right in that moment, you're like, yep, this is real. Yep. That, I think that was my first, uh, real, aha moment that this stuff that people have been recounting for centuries, if not longer is real. And before that you had an open mind though, right? I mean, you didn't go into this as a skeptic, did you? Not at all. I, um, I fully, uh, believed of the possibility, but again, there's that difference between, uh, personal, uh, experiences and just seeing, validating that feeling. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a heck of a way to come into it. Um, I, you know, the, the, the hard part about it, I think is that you don't know what's doing it. And that's the creepy factor for me. There, I mean, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, as a, 
as an investigator, you want to be skeptical in the real meaning of the word. Uh, you want to try to debunk, but not to the point where you're just coming up with all these ridiculous explanations. Uh, so you, you try to keep a, a, a level mind, a good sound mind, and try to disprove it. But when you get to the point where you've run out of options, then that's when it's get, it gets interesting. Right. That's the old Occam's razor, right? Whenever you remove all of the yep. variables, whatever le whatever's left, no matter how un unbelievable, must be the truth. It, exactly. And uh, we we shut the door and tried to make sure it wasn't it wouldn't pop open by itself, and mm -hmm. it didn't. And um, we tried to walk up and down the floor, make sure when we stepped, it wasn't our weight with. So we, we tried to uh, debunk it, but mm -hmm. um, it, it was just a profound, and again, that cold energy, whatever that was, I just filled the room. Right. Um, whether it was a spirit or what was it us concentrating on the door doing it, I mean, those are a lot of good, valid questions, I think. That's a great point because I, you know, and I've thought this too, Charles, is that, um, I, I think that a, a fair amount, and I don't want to say any you know, high percent, but I think a fair amount of paranormal activity is some form of projection from the people living there and, and, and experiencing it. And I don't, I, I don't know if, if it's fair to say any specific number, but I think it does happen because I, I think we are these, you know, really powerful, uh, spiritual energies ourselves. We just don't know it. I totally agree. Uh, take the just the word poltergeist, which I believe means noisy ghost in yep. German, mm -hmm. something like that. Yes, that's right. right. Uh, back in the day and early on in parapsychology, they they believed, and I guess some still do, that it's an actual a spirit. Mm. But I think as academics started studying studying it, it usually or some of them anyway believe that it. It's the people there, like you said, right. with their psychic abilities, whether it's a, a teenage girl going through her changes or mm -hmm. or if it's the stress in the family. But uh, a lot of people believe it's it's our psychic uh, energy, psychic abilities. And I'll tell you a quick story. Sure. Um, it's very simple. I don't consider myself psychic. But and this is the first time something like this has happened, and it's a pretty simple story. So my wife ordered uh, from some restaurant, and uh, they brought the food, and it had a little plastic dome. My dish had a little plastic dome over it. Uh -huh. So I took it off, discovered that they had put something on it that I really did not like very much. It, it had been a very long day. Mm -hmm. And I, I cursed, I forget what I said, but, sure. um, I put the lid, the, the plastic dome on, on the counter came into the living room, uh, to sit down. And all of a sudden that plastic cover dome, uh, went flying across the room. Wow. And it's just like, I mean, I have no explanation for that. Was it cause I was irritated and tired and. Uh, it makes you think. Right. 
You know, that's a good point. We don't understand our own our, our own potential, and we don't understand how those energies work. Perhaps you're right. Perhaps that anger just sat there in in that in that object. The one thing mm-hmm. you touched when you realized how upset you were, you put it down on the counter. Well, perhaps just by virtue of contact, it held onto that charge, and then finally it dissipated in the form of that shooting across the room. Exactly. I, wow. I think our uh, psychic abilities are very, uh, very strong. Mm-hmm. And you take a look at subjects like remote viewing and things like that. that. All that just fascinates me. So I think that plays a big part in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one theory is if the investigators hear of activity in a certain spot, so they're they're already creating that in their mind, mm-hmm. and when they go to that visit that place to investigate, maybe they uh, they create the activity. I, sure. I mean, just thinking off the top of my head, but right. No, I I think that that's that's very probable and possible, as I was saying. The event of their death did not happen at the cemetery. Right. So why would their spiritual energy be there at the cemetery? Would it be there because of the bodies there? You know, you learn about things like tulpas, which are thought forms that are basically psychic projections from the person. And then, as you were saying, poltergeists, and and that, of course, is another projection, um, mostly mostly subconsciously. I think in in most cases, uh, I don't think the people are aware they're doing it. But but I do. So, I, oh, go uh, ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, take the word abracadabra. I believe that's Hebrew for speaking speak into existence. And yeah, I think that. I mean, I know that's kind of become a, a sleight of hand term, but I think that, uh, that the original meaning of the word may reflect some of our abilities that have been lost. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do believe you're right. And, uh, you know, I think we do. I think we do impact our environment a lot more than we think. And not to, not to suggest there isn't plenty of uh, intelligences that exist spiritually to us. And right. I, don't, I don't want to say ghosts because I think ghosts are, you know, pretty specifically, you know, formerly human people that are earthbound. And then, of course, spirits, I assume, are are perhaps, uh, you know, former people that have passed on but may come back or, you know, have, have, have made that transition but may still show up. And then um, I think there is a whole catalog of other things that we oh. experience as spiritual beings but are any number of different entities. There's different, so many different things going on. You have the idea of residual uh, spirits or mm. uh, energy, mm-hmm. where it just plays like a record or a recording, and you could talk to it all day, and it wouldn't respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you've got all kinds of different uh, things going on. I believe. I I agree wholeheartedly. So now, the, does the way it work for you, uh, Charles, that you get contacted, or, or, or do you are you a, a response kind of investigator, or are you just uh, a location investigator where you try to gain access, I, or or how does it work for you? Um, I do. I post a lot on Facebook. Um, like uh, if you have a business or a residential. Uh, 
things have really come to a screaming halt with, of course, COVID. Sure. Um, yeah. But uh, I've done bars, restaurants, uh, residentials, uh, theaters, mm. just a lot of different, uh, a lot of different, uh, different locations. Very cool. So. What is uh, any other uh, experiences that you've had doing research like that? So I've late, lately, and by lately, I guess, I mean the last year or so, I've been really getting into uh, ITC uh, work, mm-hmm. uh, instrumental communication. Yes, sir. Yep. And if I understand the concept, which I'm always trying to, it's, any device you use to theoretically contact those that have passed to the other side. Mm-hmm. So um, I've really been getting into the uh, spirit box work and mm-hmm. uh, some of the apps that I know the apps are very uh, controversial. And, mo- and mo- if you go like to Google store or whatever, most of them are, are for uh, entertainment. Most yeah. of them are games and uh, not worth your, your money or time. But, I do believe there are some that are meant for real uh, research, and I've been using a lot that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to get into dowsing, which I find utterly fascinating. Um, and I I've been doing a lot of work at just cemeteries. That's fascinating too. I think that cemeteries are. I mean, of of all locations, that's the most. Um, I, I would think the most obvious place that would have spiritual energies because right. there's a lot of people there, <laughs> you know, that so, used to be alive. So one question that maybe I'm asking myself and maybe I can ask you is, so the, the event of their death did not happen at the cemetery. Right. So why would their spiritual energy be there at the cemetery? Would it be there because of the bodies there or, you know, I think I, I, I've thought about that a bunch myself. And the one thing that I've, that I've come to is that I think that our physical bodies are a physical representation or manifestation of our spiritual self. Like I think, I think we form these bodies as we exist and live with them. And so there's a, there is a, a bond or, you know, binding in an, in some sense to our physical frame, even though it stopped working in the, you know, in the, you know, the physical sense, it still exists. And so perhaps, perhaps that is always uh, a tether that can exist. Um, right. You know, and that it perhaps those people that are, maybe it's a psychological thing for the, for the spirits that have passed. They're not ready to give up their life or they feel like they were, that it was taken from them or, or it wasn't fair. And so they have perhaps a psychological attachment to that body and therefore can't move on because it's a bonding at that point. You know, I think that for a spirit to transition, it has to be ready to accept that transition. You know what I mean? And so perhaps that's why there are so many uh, entities that linger is that, you know, there, there is still maybe a, a tragic death or a, or a, you know, a heartbreaking ending and, and they just not ready psychologically to move past that. Right. I, I think that's some great insight. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I love, I love uh, finding out the local ghost stories and doing research and seeing mm-hmm. if any of that, 
that is actually true, seeing if they're buried in a certain area, sure. uh, take, taking some of the instruments and trying to get some results. Yeah, I think that's fantastic, and and I've I've messed with the ITC as well, uh, instru- in, in, uh, instrumental transcommunication. Um, I, I've done a lot with that, and I find it absolutely amazing. And and I realize I agree with you that it is controversial, but I will say that after you spend some time with the app that you use, you become familiar with the sounds that are just the random generations, right? But and then this was my experience using it is that the one that I have uses just basically um, they're just basically syllab- syllabic uh, expressions, uh-huh. Por- portions of words just randomized and spit out at random. And so it's not even any complete words, but to take that out there and you, and you get used to the, the rhythm of that randomness coming at you and the sounds that it makes. And once something changes, it's like getting slapped in the face. Like, one one time, um, well, in this one location, it was a ghost town in Montana, and we had an experience where I had listened to this thing over and over for you know uh, an hour or so, or you know, and you just got used to it, and all of a sudden, a woman crying comes through, right? And it's like that is not part of the that's not part of the database's sounds. That's not that doesn't exist on there. And another part of it was was this this voice kept going bang bang, bang, like it was, you know, making a bang sound like a gun sound or something. And that wasn't. I mean, who knows, but we were at a, um, it's called St. Ignatius Hospital. Oh, I've heard of that. And uh, I think some of the, I think Ghost Adventures was there and uh, some of the other, I think Paranormal Lockdown was there. Mm -hmm. It's in Colfax, Washington. Okay. It could be uh, a old hospital, but we, we had a spirit box there and we heard kind of the same bang, bang. I mean, who, I don't know what it was or, uh, if there was any kind of connection, but that's kind of odd that you would say that. Right. And then I had this, this guy, this male voice screaming, just like, ah, like that. And I've got that recorded. It's all, it's all pretty fantastic, but it's, you know, I just wanted to point out that, yeah, those 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 apps may be controversial, but when things like that happen, that yeah, are not part of the program as you as you know it, then um, yeah, fun. it's uh, I think I think there some of them are valid. I, I really do. Uh, I use uh, a couple that I I've gotten some interesting results from anyway, and I think mm-hmm. uh, definitely worth pursuing sure yeah i think there's something to it and it, and it's you know to those of you out there it's it's based on the idea of of if i'm remembering the term correctly it's stochastic resonance and it's the idea that a spirit can take what would just be randomized noise and somehow rearrange it energetically into more um, decipherable words that's the philosophy behind it and if i hadn't witnessed that for myself I think I would just be like, yeah, whatever. But I have witnessed it, and I think there's really something profound going on there. So one, and I'm, hopefully you already do this, and if people haven't, uh, I I strongly encourage you, like through the app session or the a spirit box session, always record. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not good at picking it up when it actually happens. Right. I'm much better when I can the next day go back and listen to it and rewind it. And, Mm. uh, that's something I've learned is that record, record, record. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When we did it, there was two sessions, two, two times that I visit the same ghost town in, in Montana and both times, um, it was being recorded with an audio recorder and with a camera recording the session. So it was, it was nice, nice to have those, those, <laughs> you know, oh, because you're right. Yeah. When you listen back to it, it's like, oh wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Right. So very cool. But I want to also move into the cryptids now with you and talk about that. Um, so you are investigating what cryptids primarily when you're investigating? Uh, the one that holds the, the special place in my heart, I guess is would be Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Sure. Um, kind of, I've always watched the specials on Mothman, but mostly it, it would have to be Bigfoot. I agree. I think that that's, you know, probably the most common, common one out there uh, that people do investigate. I think that the dog man is, is incredibly interesting as well. Oh, um, I do too. Um, I could talk about that all day long. Uh, <laughs> and I, I hope one day to get into that a little more, but I personally, I, I fully believe that goes back to the ancient days and mm-hmm. is the werewolf type creature. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. Um, yeah, there seems to be plenty of uh, historic precedent and, and legend to to say that, yeah, this is something that's been around for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as to what it actually is, who, who knows? But I, I believe there's definitely something going on. Absolutely. So wh- have you? Uh, where have you investigated Bigfoot uh, currently? Uh, I'm starting to look in. There's a up in Colfax or not Colfax, but, uh, Colville uh-huh. is, uh, a lot of, a lot of sightings. And, um, I'm trying to set up a little expedition coming up here at the end of April. Um, I'm doing research now of where would be the best place to, um, focus on. But right now, uh, uh, Colville is my, uh, main focus. That is a beautiful country up there too. It's yeah. just really rugged, and I know that uh, uh, you know our friend Stephen Majors of Extreme Expeditions Northwest LLC. They've done some investigating up there as well. As well, there's a bunch of people that go up in there, and the the things that they found and and signs and and casts of footprints are just incredible. Yeah, you you start looking into it. There's uh, quite a few sightings around that area. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you, when, and this is part of my evolution into this. When I first started out, I knew that Bigfoot was something in the Pacific Northwest. Like it was, it was right. a phenomenon that was out here in our neck of the woods. But, you know, being from Minnesota, I, I got to tell you that I was absolutely shocked personally to learn that this is a nationwide phenomenon. It, it really is. Um I kind of noticed that uh, when back when I was watching Finding Bigfoot, sometimes they would be in places that uh, I thought, "No way!" <laughs> but they they would have here they are with witnesses, and you're right; it's pretty much nationwide. I, I believe the only state that doesn't have any sightings would be Hawaii. 
Yes, that's what I've heard as well. And and I think the BFRO um, database is is a great you know reference to see what's going on in your neck of the woods. It's also international and global, which I found was amazing too. It's like this right. is not. I mean, I I'd grown up with Leonard Nimoy telling me Bigfoot, and and it was in the Pacific Northwest, and it's like okay, well that's creepy, but. I'm in the, I'm in the Midwest, so <laughs> I have nothing right. to worry about. But then to you know to find out, wow, those they are really everywhere. But when you look at cryptids, I gotta say that between the two, I think I would much rather meet a Bigfoot than a Dogman. Given <laughs> given the two choices, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, because there's so many people that have encounters with Bigfoot where it's where I mean they may look over and go, oh. Yeah, and then just walk nonchalantly on on by, yep. or they see people turn around and go back into the thick or whatever, and and it's more just an incidental contact. But or the pe- hope and pray for the Sasquatch that saves the little child and brings him back. Right. Then or- <laughs> there's those stories too, right? So yeah. there's there's even you know points of them being benevolent and helpful and and uh, nurturing, but. When you hear about Dogman, it's in your face and yeah, terrifying. Aggressive. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the part. I don't know. So, I, you know, when you said you'd, you could like to get into more of that research, it's like, oh, my God. The, for the first thing I was thinking, it's like, man, that might be one of those careful what you wish for kind of things. <laughs> All these lights were interacting with, with each other. They would make right angle turns and just, oh. just sat there and watched it for a long time. But Be quiet. you know, uh, going back to the library, I remember as a child. It was a real thin book. It was called Meet the Werewolf. Uh-huh. And the very last page, it had a spell to turn yourself into a werewolf. And I never went to that last page. <laughs> yeah, that that I would skip too. That would be just really weird. And, you know, not because I think that they're going to be able to press a, you know, a, a real spell like that into a book. But, you know, you just don't want to challenge the universe ever. <laughs> exactly. So are you familiar... I'm sure I know you're familiar with Loch Ness, but are you familiar with Alistair Crowley's connection to that? Yeah, yeah, that was apparently where I, where he performed I, the Abermelon and and such. Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. find that fascinating as well. I do too. Um, there's so much uh, intrigue around Alistair Crowley, and our, uh, you know, I don't know how much of it is is just legend, and what of it may be fact. But I, he was. He was a creepy guy. <laughs> he was quite quite the character for sure. Yeah, he was. Um, I think he, from what I know of him, which isn't a lot, but he seemed to be quite the showman. So, mm, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how much of all that was uh, true, but sure. According to, from what I heard, he there's he had um, supposedly opened a portal at Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. And there's some question as whether he finished the spell or incantation and didn't close it. And that supposedly some say is where the creature came from. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard that legend. Um, and I think that, that, you know, there's, I don't know, as long if there's a story, there's, there's some possibility for the truth of it. But I think, you know, when you look at places like um, Lake Champlain and other locations that also have, 
these legends of these lake monsters, including uh, Lake Pepin, where I grew up, and uh, even here, Lake Ponderay that I live by now, there's supposedly uh, the Ponderay paddler out here, and it seems like every big body of water has right. some story like this. And, and in, another, in another instance, I grew up um, just in, in near the town of Red Wing, Minnesota. And uh, in, that, in that town, we, it's the Mississippi River, and uh, it's running right, right alongside of it. And there was a bridge put in back in the, I don't know, the 40s or 30s or whatever. And it was the Eisenhower Bridge. Maybe it was the 50s. Anyway, they put in this, this bridge called the Eisenhower Bridge. And there was legends I heard growing up about, well, when they went down to place those footings, the divers came up absolutely terrified because they saw fish down there the size of sharks. Oh, and, wow. and so I grew up with that story. Now, in, in, if, in, what I found out is that that story repeats in so many river towns all oh, over yeah. the place. So it makes you wonder. It's kind of like with, with hotels. There's always the jilted bride story. There's always, right. there's always the, the kid that fell down the elevator or fell down the stairs, you know, mm -hmm. so there's always a, a kid haunting spirit and some jilted bride. And then there's, you know, the rivers all seem to have those stories of when they were doing the bridge and the lake monsters. And so some of it I think is just apocrypha for lack of a better term, you know, kind of like the phantom hitchhiker. Yes. Yep. Or the ghost, the ghost headlights that'll follow you and try to run you oh, off the right. road. Yep. Right. There's, so there's, <laughs> I love it. There's so many, many, many instances of that in the paranormal. And it makes you wonder, is, is what we're experiencing a phenomena that repeats throughout the land? Or is it just some tall tales that managed to make the, the journey through the different regions as people expanded? So take, take the idea of Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Uh -huh. I mean, that's a pretty common uh, figure in all types of cultures and worldwide, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, the the hairy wild man seems to be a very common uh, idea that people share no matter where they live. Yes. Yep. Very true. Yep. And and even in the Aboriginal cultures and First Nation cultures, those stories have been around longer than lo most of the Western settlements. You know, right. so there must be some merit to all of it in that regard. And I don't mean to suggest that you know just because there are stories everywhere, it's just some tale that got spread around. I don't think that that's the case, but I think it is for some things, like you know the hotel stories, as I mentioned, the the, the big huge shark like fish at the bottom of every old lake and river and. And so some of it may perhaps have been spread that way. But I think, you know, one thing I've found in, in my journeys through the paranormal, Charles, is that everything seems to be possible, mm -hmm. you know? It, I agree with that. It's, it may sound cliche, but the more I learn, the more there is to learn. It's kind of a, <laughs> yeah. a drop in the bucket type scenario. And it's not that I get more understanding. It's things get more complex. <laughs> they do. Yeah. It's like once you've gone into one level and you can see a little bit through that, then you realize how many, you know, I don't know, splits and forks in the road there are after that of things that are possible and possibilities. And, and it's, I guess, kind of a metaphor for life maybe, huh? Yeah. Di different layers. Yeah. You think you understand one thing, but then something different happens, and it's just like, oh, 
That may not be so simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Story of my life, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. No, I, I think it's fascinating. Now, I do want to touch on UFOs before we run out of time. Oh, um, yes. Have you got any experience with UFOs? Actually, I do. I don't, I don't think I got to talk about this last time, but um, this was back in Kentucky. Me and my friend uh, went to Scottish Highland Games. Uh, it was a two-day event, and it was right beside a military base. So that night, we camped out in the bed of the truck and just started watching the sky, and uh, we saw probably four or five lights just do weird uh, maneuvers that, as far as we know, wouldn't be a we wouldn't be able to do. They would stop in midair. Um, whether it was just technology that they were testing out, I don't know. But all these lights were interacting with, with each other. They would make right angle turns and just wow. we sat there and watched it for a long time. But uh, I'm just just as fascinated with ufos i mean i'm always watching the night sky and hoping yeah <laughs> i think that's there's definitely people well beings visiting us i don't pretend to know what they are what yeah. they look like i've heard the stories though that uh you know there's any number uh, of different creatures here but my, yeah. wife, and, my wife and i watched a special a new special on uh, travis walton last night and oh how was it very good. Okay. Uh, and I, there's a new one out on Betty and Barney Hill that we'll probably watch tonight. But I find those two cases very uh, interesting. Yeah, I think Betty and Barney Hill are, are fascinating because it's really the first the first real documented uh, abduction scenario that, uh, right. you know, at least in pop popular culture. And um, if you listen to the hypnosis tapes, they're terrifying. Oh, I can't imagine. Uh, it sounds like of the two, it sounds like Barney had a worse time than Betty did. Right. If I'm remembering correctly. And I can only imagine the score they must have lived with. Yeah. That would be a very, psychologically, that would be very hard to know that it actually happened, yet people were calling you a liar behind your back. Yeah, that's got to be tough. But, you know, and I think that's that's certainly a reflection of, of people fiercely depend, defending their paradigm, you know? Mm -hmm that people don't want to accept that things aren't the way they know they are. Right. Because I think it threatens people on a real primal level. Like, you know, if there's unknown, that means we're not really in control. And that to a lot of people is just terrifying. So maybe, uh, uh, a sense of a self-defense mechanism. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, if you think about it, that's utterly terrifying that you could be abducted. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's like, it's, it's a horrifying thing for sure that, you know, you could be just minding your own business and the next thing, you know, right. you know, you're riding the light up to a disc and, uh, you know, the games are about to begin. I can't imagine okay. much that would be less, I mean, obviously it would be very emasculating, but it would just, that feeling of helplessness, I think would be so horrifying. Oh, and it, it would, it would have to have devastating, uh, effect on your psyche. It would oh, just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we're, we're getting low on time here, where, uh, but I, I do want to talk about what, what have you got going, going forward? I mean, um, we mentioned this a little bit when I talked to you last time, but for the podcast audience, what is your 2022 looking like? Do you got anything lined up for this year? Well, um, 
I, I've got, I'm always doing the ITC, uh, work. Um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like a addiction, I guess. Uh, (laughs) I've got, I'm always going to cemeteries and using uh, ghost box spirit boxes. And then, well, I think that's fantastic. And, uh, I, I, you know, I really thrilled that you got together with me again to, to do the podcast episode because I, I'm just really have, enjoyed know, getting to know you in the past couple of, uh, of days when we've been talking. And uh, I hope that we'll have an opportunity to do some projects together this, this oh, summer. I, I look forward to it. And I've, I've enjoyed getting to know you and look forward to working with you. Well, that's fantastic. And Charles, please take a couple minutes and let people know how to stay in touch with you, what you're doing. So uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Anomalous Investigations. Uh, also have a YouTube channel by the same name, Anomalous Investigations. Um, you can always uh, contact me on Facebook through my personal page, Charles Howard Johnson. Um, I have an email, uh, Charles Johnson zero nine zero seven period cj at gmail dot com. But yeah, I my my little, I call it my little project into the unknown is called anomalous investigations. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And that's kind of a mixture of everything. My paranormal stuff, my Bigfoot stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, lost treasure. Some every once in a while. Oh, wonderful. I hope you can find one of those. That's awesome. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again, Charles, for making the time for this today. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you and I will be talking for sure, brother. Oh, I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Alright guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormalportalradio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormalportal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows, Journeys into the Paranormal Portal, so I hope you'll check it, out. check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash paranormalportal, so hope to see you guys soon. Uh, We'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice, take care of each other, help each other out, find the magic in every day, and remember to laugh as much as you can.